Good afternoon, friends of traders. Welcome to Limit Up Podcast. I am Dan Hodge. I'm sitting down with Jack Pelzer. Do- Jack, how are you? Doing well today because we're gonna be talking about some trading superstitions. Yeah, I was uh, from Mick talking or uh, Mick the other week doing his uh, Age of the Aquarius tribute. Had to get that out. There. Yes. Sorry, I am kicking my dog away from me. He is like trying to crawl on my lap. He's pushing my desk. I apologize for that for a second. No problem. The sun's out. He wants to be outside. He's got more energy than he's had all winter long. He's ready to rock and roll. No, we'll get there at some point. But uh, yeah, so we'll cover the uh, markets real quick and then get to that because it's a fun topic. I think we'll learn some, Absolutely. Uh, some things about the occult and trading. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, looking at these markets today, obviously, you know, weak GDP number. Uh, initial thoughts on that may have thought people thinking, well, maybe the market's not going to get a big pop. Maybe it'll actually kind of potentially not turn down. Um, usually weak numbers will send things lower, but this is why trading is not binary. Why looking at economic numbers is so important to make sure you have the whole picture instead of just one thing. Um, we know it is earnings season. <clears throat> a lot of good earnings out there. Jack, we were just talking about Meta. Uh, Meta's up 15-ish percent here today. Um, on their earnings. They haven't seen a lot of, uh, you know, last year they were struggling a little bit, um, and now we're seeing some life out of them. For a company of that market cap, the 14 15% move today is unreal. That is a lot of market cap getting built. And a tribute to friend of the podcast, Zuck. You know, it was kind of a prison of his own making, right, with uh, going all into the metaverse. I haven't heard too much of that recently. And People seem to like it. They had uh, upward revisions for Q2 revenue. Good stuff. Um, And then as we're sitting here, I'm getting the notification. Amazon earnings are in. Um, Let's take a look at what they're looking like right now. Well, the NASDAQ just popped more. I'm going to say they were good. Yep, I think so. Yeah, Amazon's up right now, uh, continuing to scream higher. So uh, good earnings reports usually lead to exciting markets, which is, I think, what we saw here today. Really some strong numbers coming in. Uh, and this is why earnings season is so imperative to make sure you pay attention to what earnings are coming out. And it's kind of unique. You know, you can obviously, you can think of the big names, the Amazons, the Microsofts, the Metas, those types of stocks. They have uh, a lot of, you know, influence on these. But there's also some unique ones out there that have good impacts. I will, honest to God, like one of the ones that I've always watched is Cummins. It's a diesel motor company. Their stock and their earnings impact the market pretty well. So those are the types of things you really want to pay attention to them. And uh, I'll tell you what I do when it comes to paying attention to them. You can go into marketwatch.com. You can select on the earnings calendar. And I break it down on a daily basis. And then you can filter it out for larger impact earnings that are going to come through. I think they've got like like an image of a bowl. There's one bowl, less impact, up to three bowls. The three bowls, obviously, the bigger impact on the market. So make sure when you're signing in, uh, you know, four times a year, uh, four quarters a year, right? Or not four quarters, but about four months a year, earnings are going to have a good impact on uh, on your futures trading. And also, it's been far too long since we reminded folks that obviously the NASDAQ was up huge today, percentage-wise compared to the ES is uh, these are ultimately, sorry, I got a cough, still overcoming that. These are ultimately indices, right? And S&P 500, 500 companies, huge market caps. NASDAQ 100, 100 companies, highly skewed towards the top. So even if everything else was terrible today, 
Meta being up 15%, now this Amazon thing. Something like, I forget what it was last time we talked, but I think the top five companies or something like that, the NASDAQ by market cap account for 30% of the index. So I think it was even more than that. Yeah, I, I think, think I, I remember looking at it and I thought we were like, gosh, it's almost it's almost to half of it. I was being conservative because I didn't want to be overstating my thing there. But yeah, absolutely. It's hugely weighted towards that. So with Google, yes, Google this is a total guesstimate, but it's a very large number. Yeah, I could look it up, but I'm not going to because that'll take time. Huge moves by Google, Meta, now Amazon are going to have the NASDAQ spiking. Not everyone's sharing in that. Uh, we talked about Bed Bath & Beyond earlier is no more. But this is sort of perfect storm today where you had the weak GDP number and good earnings uh, because obviously stocks are driven by earnings. And then really with GDP, it's not what the number is. It's what we think that number will make the Fed do as far as interest rates. Weak GDP number. If GDP weakens, we would think that inflation would cool down. There might be more pressure to halt, cut, all those things that people like when doing momentum following to the upside in equity indices. Dan? Spot on, Jack. I mean, it's it's a snowball effect. Uh, I go back to what I said in the very beginning. This is not a binary industry. It is not going to go up and down because of one little factor. You've got to really look at everything that can come out of each and every single individual number. Um, like I said, you know, a low GDP number on its own without any other extenuating factors should send the markets lower. Million other factors that now you have to think about what it, where those impacts, Jack, you touched on them, the Fed, uh, inflation, things of those that nature. Well, that we will we see that be impacted by this GDP number. Does the Fed adjust how they're planning to continue to increase rates? Um, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. Any other markets doing something today? Uh, not necessarily relatively quiet. Um, I think it's the stocks are the big one to pay attention to. And as everyone knows, I'm a big crude guy. Um, I have been pretty active in crude over the last four, four or five years. Mm -hmm. Glad to see we broke back inside the 70 handle. You know, that eight, when we had the pop a couple weeks back, uh, that gap open, I was pretty candid in saying uh, I was not happy about that one for my position. Sure. And uh, so kind of glad to see that kind of fall back into a range that I like. That 72 to 83 has been a consistent range that's been pretty tradable for me. We're sitting right in the middle there, closer to the low side of that. Um, that market's trading down at uh, 74.80 right now. Um, and uh, so Oil's, we'll see where this one goes as well. Oil is a true macro picture where the GDP number is going to have more of a direct effect on that. Mm -hmm. Especially world demand. You think about world GDPs, stuff like that being revised down. That's what drives oil is demand there. And then the other end is... Uh, OPEC supply type stuff, but wasn't any news in that front today that I know of. Nope. Nope. All right, Jack, I'm really excited about today's topic. Yes. I was waiting for this as well, Dan. Today, <laughs> we're talking about superstitions. Do you consider yourself them. a superstitious person? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. Well. And I don't know if it's superstition or if it's like a little OCD in me, but I can honestly go back to like when I was a young kid. It was mostly around athletics. I was a pretty competitive kid my entire life played football hockey lacrosse i boxed i fought martial arts and i had superstitions in every one of them yeah um i had you know from the way i pre-gamed or you know got my did my pre-game warm-ups um to the way i laced my skates or tied my hands for fighting or anything of that nature everything had a routine you know, my lacrosse equipment, the way I would put on my elbow pads, like everything was so 
meticulous in a way that kind of created a comfort for me. And I think that's really what superstitions are for. I mean, if you go and you read about a definition of superstitions, it's basically unfounded reason upon ignorance. Um, It's something along those lines. It makes no absolute sense. But I think in an industry that, you know, you have high stress, if you can find ways to kind of calm yourself in a sense, like for me playing sports and like, you know, college sports and stuff like that, and you're whatever it was, you had a lot on the line and like, you know, you wanted to perform well. I remember, you know, working for college scholarships when I was younger, there was always stress or you, you know, they never failed to tell you there's scouts in the audience tonight, make sure you're on your best. And that, you know, gets you anxious. And how do you calm the, those nerves going into something like that? Same thing with trading. How do you calm those nerves? And it's finding these little things that, you know, creates a little mental stability helps slow you down, gives you something easy to focus on yeah. before you tackle something difficult. And like many traders I've met along the way, uh, I too am extremely ignorant. So this just appeals to me. Gotta I, it out. does. And, and <laughs> Jack, I think it's a, every trader out there has superstitions. Yes. And I, as I was listing some things today that I wanted to touch on, some of them fall into, some of them are superstitions. Some of them are just what I would call trading etiquette. You know, for instance, things that popped in my head, even though they shouldn't really affect it. It's sort of like the old don't count your chips when they're on the table. You never, never celebrate a trade while it's still open. That's a big one. Oh, 100%. And certainly don't point out if someone's got a big green number. That goes hand in hand with the other one is if somebody's got, if someone's not talking and they have their over ear headphones on and they're maybe very close to the screen, do not talk to that person. It's bad, bad juju. <laughs> They may not react very well, too, if you try and bother them. No, absolutely not. So, Dan, you had a list as well out there, some of these things. Some of them are stuff we picked up online that we can talk about. Some of them are personal. But uh, why don't we start tossing them out there? Well, yeah, I, th- I think where the first superstition in trading comes for me, um, I think we talked about it on the playbook this earlier this week. Uh, my dad was a very superstitious trader, and for those that don't know, he was a 30-year bond options trader, and he was pretty successful at what he did. And in the options world, we talked volatility earlier this week. You know, you wanted volatility. That's what you're looking for in the options world. And when does volatility come around? Big economic numbers. So unemployment. My dad had the unemployment pants. Mm. They were these khaki pants he'd been wearing since he was in his mid-30s or mid late 20s, something like that. They were raggedy. They were gross. And my dad was kind of known as the guy who showed up to, was in the pits, like more dressed up than anyone. Dress shoes, you know, pressed pants, pressed crisp, starched button down. He was always very well dressed, except for unemployment day. He had the same pair of pants he wore every unemployment Friday. And it goes back to, hey, unemployment was a big day and he was a big position trader and that helped calm his nerves. And he had really phenomenal unemployment days wearing those pants now did he wash these pants or is it just like the uh, decades accumulation of uh he did wash them okay Uh, my mom would try and get hide them wanted to get rid of them she was grossed out by them because they were just old raggedy pants i mean they were from the late 80s early 90s i mean they were some old pants and but he swore by them and i think there's a lot of trading ones out there i mean you've heard there's some i've I've read about today that I've never heard. And then there's some that I've consistently heard the color red. Um, that was another one I grew up with, but that's a common one out there for traders or just colors in particular. The prime example for us growing up was my mom wanted a red Jaguar and my dad said, Nope, Nope, Nope. 
Uh, you're not getting a red car. I can't have a red car in my garage. Red means you're losing money. We're not getting a red car. My mom won. She got a red Jaguar. Um, <laughs> Just stay away from it. Sort of like the, the white never, lighter of cars. Yeah, he never drove it. There's also the talk about like some of the ones out there, you know, you can't wear bright colors. If you wear black, you're going to lose money. I wear a lot of black. I can honestly say that superstition doesn't work for me. There's some unique ones out there. And I think, you know, one of the biggest ones and I don't know if this is a superstition or, again, goes to your etiquette thing, but, you know, one of the most common ones out there, especially in the trading world in the old Chicago ways, um, you know, you had Series, uh, mm-hmm. Series Bar, well-known for the heaviest cocktail in the city of Chicago. Just went last week for lunch. No cocktails that <laughs> Did time. you have any cocktails? No? No, I was, uh, <laughs> it was like 11, and uh, that would just be poor form, especially since it yeah. was like a work meeting <laughs> um but that's one of the things right it's you know if you have a if you have a drink you don't trade and i think that goes along more lines of your etiquette one yeah that is good etiquette there and the the wearing stuff's a common too i mean we've mentioned it once or twice before but in the uh, documentary trader which you gotta see if you haven't it's occasionally around on youtube but uh it's about paul tudor jones and he has tried to kind of bury this because I don't think he comes across necessarily terribly in it. I think he just kind of comes across like a dork. But uh, in one scene when Trey's going against him, he uncorks his secret weapon, Dan, which is... You know, I have no idea. Oh, you don't? I haven't seen it in years. Oh, he takes out a shoebox. Like, this is truly... Sometimes you see a film and something truly unexpected happens. That is how I felt when I saw Paul Tudor Jones... Grab a box from beneath his desk and take out Bruce Willis's gym shoes that he bought. And then he put them on as his armor. And that is, you know, now. there's some pretty 80s stuff out there, Dan. I don't know if it gets more 80s than Paul Tudor Jones wearing Bruce Willis's gym shoes. I remember that one now. That one's pretty good. On the unique ones, too, of the, like, the 80s, Jack. Yeah. Back, back pre, like, 2000. 2005-8-ish, everyone on the floor had to wear a tie. Tie was required. But for those that don't know, the ties were not, you know, a nice double Windsor tightened up to your starch shirt. Um, it was usually a raggedy, nasty tie that you just throw over your neck. You don't untie it. It's always tied. You just tighten it up a little bit and you throw it over your neck every day. So a lot of guys had some pretty nasty ties um, because they were superstitious about the tie that they wore. Very common. I, I, Holden's saying we also have a, a question from the chat. Someone just asked how you guys like the markets. Love it today. This is great. Let's do this every day. Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind an up uh, an up move like this. I know. I'll get my That's own pair sure. of Bruce Willis gym shoes at this rate. Just give me a few. Yeah, I wonder if Paul Tudor Jones put us on today. Yeah. Maybe that's what turns he had around. a long position on going into the GDP number. Got a little anxious. He put his shoes on. Yeah. What do you think about some of like the sayings, right? Like there's always like the beware October or sell in May and go away. So I've heard that like the stats really don't bear it out where October's not particularly better or worse than anything else. It's just that I think people are shell shocked because a lot of the, uh, you know, of course, the Great Depression started then. The... Uh, Great Recession started then. Maybe there's something to that, but those two kind of, uh, I think, gave it a bad rap. Do you have problems with October, Dan? I mean, it's my birthday month. 
Um, so I kind of have twofold on it. I'll tell you this. if For anyone out there, the, I think the key is if it's in your head and you're thinking about it, it's going to impact your trading. And that's why I think all these sayings or etiquettes or superstitions in trading have so much validity. It's because it's something in your head. And everyone out there has heard the saying that's 10% executional, 90% mental. Yeah. And if you have these thoughts in your head, it's going to impact everything. Well, I think that you the, know? the to bring this kind of all together, I think that the randomness of what you're doing when you're putting on a trade is what lends it to, I mean, when do people use superstitions? It's like for random events to sort of uh, pray or set up. I've seen people burn incense. I've seen uh, people have faux. I don't know if they really believed in it, but I've seen little altars to Ben Bernanke. I'll date myself there and things like that. Some of it played off as jokes, but some of it I think is just really trying to manufacture that positive thinking. And I think in a lot of other jobs you don't get that, but I think it's a function of the randomness. It is. And for me, it for me, it's actually my superstitions are a function of my consistency. Okay. Um, so my superstitions usually are not intraday, but they're beginning of day. It's how I'm preparing for the day. So I will tell everyone out there, I have a very specific superstition. For the last 15 years or so, I have started my day with two cups of coffee and I chewed tobacco for a very long part of my life. I don't no longer do that. I do nicotine pouches. Um, so that's my routine. Like my day is not going to go correctly if I don't have my two cups of coffee, my nicotine, and read my paper. If I don't have time to do that, it impacts every aspect of my trading because I mentally feel like I'm trying to keep up for something or trying to catch up or I'm behind. And when I do that, it carries over into my trading. So I can honestly tell you if I don't sleep with an alarm. Um, so I get up when my body tells me to get up. It's usually about 4.30, 5 o'clock. So it's not like I'm sleeping in ever. Um, I'm usually up bright and early this morning. I was up at 4.56. Um, and I get out of bed at an odd time. So it can't be uh, on the fives. It has to be a random number between. So I couldn't okay. get out of bed at 5 a.m. It'd have to be 5.01. So here we go. I'm giving my all my little superstitions. So my day's thrown off if I don't do that. But like I said, I don't sleep with an alarm. If an alarm wakes me up, throws off my whole day. So I'm usually up bright and early anyhow if let's say i oversleep and somehow i make it till 6 a.m mm -hmm. can't say the last time i actually did that but let's say i make it till 6 a.m my whole morning has now been completely thrown off and i can't trade that day yeah i have a toddler that sleeps across the hall that takes care of that for me i don't <laughs> i don't set an alarm either it just I haven't it comes, set an alarm at, it comes at random times I don't think I've set an alarm in five or six years, unless it's like I'm going on vacation, I gotta leave at 3 a.m. Okay, very nice there. Dan, from the online list, do we have anything else here? Yeah, I got a few of them. Um, if it rains, a sh uh, trader should never open a long position, and you should hedge your current positions. So if you have a position on and it's raining, you should hedge that, uh, because it's basically saying, you're wrong, it's changing course. Um, this is our official advice, but, by the way. If it is raining, don't go long. <laughs> but what it doesn't say is what you should do if it snows, the superstition. Professional traders believe that it is better to uh, trade wearing bright colored clothes, um, but wearing black 
means you're going to take losses. That probably goes back to the floor trading days and being recognized, right? Probably. I mean, you think about it, Jack. You got a lot of guys where you can look at the movies. Um, you had – they all wore – I think the movies show, like, the clerking coats more, not what the real-life trading jackets looked like, but you had guys like – the themes, the pinks, the bright greens, the, the, the bunch of Packers helmets or whatever else. There was there was a lot mm. of people out there that dressed like complete goofs. Um, my uncle wore a Packers. Uh, my uncle's a diehard Packers fan, and uh, he wore a Packers uh, trading jacket. Good for him. A lot of cowboy hats you see along the way. Yeah, trying to build that personal brand so that people would. Uh, There's know the who one you guy. Were. He's been on CNBC quite a bit. He. Uh, He's out of the board of trade. He wears a cow, uh, so his Explain. jacket's cow oh, patterns. <laughs> I thought, okay, I his jacket's like cow, cow pattern, like to... black and. No, he's got like he's got some bright glasses, and he and I'm trying. I, God, I met him a few times, but he wears. He's on CNBC quite a bit, and it's like a cow pattern jacket, very attention grabbing, and that's what it's for. Because to paint a little picture, back in the day, you had hundreds of guys jammed into this small pit, and. Did the brokers around the outside taking orders in and what a good order came in. You wanted to get the attention. You wanted to catch their eye that you were there to fill the order right away. Um, and if you can catch their eye, it means you got the fill. Um, you got the position that you wanted. If you missed out, you missed out. So those bright colored jackets made a big difference. That was one. Parking spots are one. Times that, you know, times that they're catching the trains to come in were one. I feel like you can go on for days and days. I have... I grew up in the industry, so I have a lot of family-related ones. I have an uncle. He had to drink two Diet Mountain Dews. He had to get to the pit early, and he would drink two Diet Mountain Dews every morning. I'm surprised he still has kidneys after that. <laughs> right. Can you imagine drinking, you know, 700 Mountain Dews a year? Diet Mountain Dews. There was another guy. He had uh, two Diet Cokes and two bags of M&Ms every morning. There's a lot about what guys were eating. Trading and diabetes, very closely linked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least they're on their feet all day back then yeah the original standing desk that's kind of what they were doing there i think what i'm seeing is this all comes back to like i think why there are we're calling them superstitions but it kind of boils down to routines a lot of them even if sometimes the routines that like don't on their face make that much sense as a connection it's just the idea of having a system that you use even if it doesn't make sense i have it here so the definition uh of superstition uh, a belief or way of behaving that is based on fear of the unknown and faith in magic or luck. A belief that certain events or things will bring good or bad luck. I think that really brings true. It's, you know, you have a belief that, hey, if I do this, everything else is going to, you know, fall into line. Um, even though it makes no sense. And in reality, depending on what pair of pants you wear or, uh, how many cups of coffee you have that morning is not going to impact what the market's doing, but I think it, it just brings all back to mentally it puts you in a better place. It, it reminds me of this old, this classic uh, marketing case study that there was some experiment, and forgive me if I get it slightly wrong, but I think this is the gist of it, where they had random people come in to test a new putter. They weren't necessarily all they weren't necessarily golfers or anything else. And they were tracking how well they did like making this putt and they did it, you know, two groups basically like with control with the same putter, but one, they put like a Nike logo on it. 
and just would talk about how this is such a this is a great putter right here. This is one of the most expensive putters in the market. This was back when Nike still made golf clubs. And uh, the people performed better, same club, but they performed better with the one that they thought was more expensive. So if you feel it, if you just have confidence because you do something and that's what you got and you feel off if you don't, it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to, you just have to believe it. Placebo effect. Yeah. <clears throat> Jack, golf clubs spot on. I did it last year. I bought new irons and uh, my first four or five rounds with those irons, I'm shooting way, way better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had one bad shot and I was like, crap, it's me. It's not the irons. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what we're saying is go out there and make your own placebo effect, folks. I think that's what to do with the superstitions. I think so. If it works for you, don't let anyone else tell you to do something different. Absolutely. Well, Dan, I think it's about time for us to... I think oh, we one have more. one more question I have to ask, Jack. Okay. I talked... I got a little candid about some of my own superstitions. Do you have any? I I am not as generally like that. Some of the things that I did write down there are pretty... I mean, I had meals and stuff. Like, when possible, I feel bad. I would always... We've talked about it a lot. I'd try and get the Pop Belly's breakfast sandwich uh, on Unemployment Fridays. That was a good one. I would, this isn't really superstition, we've talked about it, but, you know, closing the P&L monitor. Quirks. Yeah, I'd always calibrate my P&L monitor back to settles so that, you know, even though, like, the money should all be the same, it's just I wanted to make sure that I wasn't thinking that red number or green number was real. Stuff like that. (laughs) Also, yeah, I'd say I had more routines than that. I'd have special, I'd have, like, playlists. And stuff like that. I would you most mornings. I would drink. It wasn't everything, but I would drink that uh, sugar-free Red Bull. A fancy man. There's a way better were you trader. A headphone. So you were a headphone and music guy. Yeah, but I didn't keep them on all the time. I actually find like I'm wearing them now, but I can't wear headphones all day. It's kind of uh, maddening. But yeah, even though I did Red Bull, there was a much better trader next to me who would drink like two of those giant monsters every morning. Um, I think he has since stopped doing that just because, once again, life's too important to uh, right. even make a lot of money drinking two monsters a day. You know, Not worth taking those years off your life. Not at all. All right, so get your routine. Dan, do we have any top stuff announcements we should get to? I don't think so. I, I think everything's out, um, but more to come. Yeah, definitely more to come in the next month. So <laughs> watch wow. out, guys. Uh, light your incense. Put on your special shoes. Get ready for this. So just teasing that a little bit. Dan, thanks for uh, hosting this essentially today. Uh, learned a lot about. Love superstitions. Yeah, I love it too. Spooky. I'm probably going to watch a movie tonight. Anyway, make your own superstition. Go out there. Namaste. And trade well. We'll see you next week. The Limit Up Podcast is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn more about our futures trading combine and how you can become a funded trader. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.